Welcome to Tech Talk with Optimal RX. My name is Kristen Gilmore. I'm here with Julianne Grant, and we are ready to talk herbal medicine. Kristen and I are both practicing naturopaths with 25 years' experience between us. As big herb nerds, we are excited to explore all things phytotherapy and health with you. Hello, and welcome to our 10th podcast episode. Julianne and I are here today and looking forward to hearing from Phil Rasmussen. Phil practiced as a phytotherapist in Auckland, New Zealand for 27 years. He's also the founder and research and development manager of Phytomed, a manufacturer that produces herbal extracts for practitioners in New Zealand and Australia and the Kiwi Herb range of retail herbal products. Phil has written and presented extensively on a wide range of herbal subjects for practitioner, consumer and industry audiences, and is a founding director of the New Zealand industry body, Natural Health Products New Zealand. He's also an honorary lecturer in pharmacy at the University of Auckland and is currently the president of the New Zealand Association of Medical Herbalists. Now, Phil has always held a keen interest in plants and the many ways in which to make them into efficacious medicines. Phil is also a keen advocate for the incorporation of native and more local plants into the Materia Medica of practitioners in both New Zealand and Australia. And before he pursued herbal medicine, he undertook research on antidepressant drugs and serotonin and worked for more than 10 years as a pharmacist. So Phil knows everything there is to know about manufacturing quality herbal extracts. And that is why Optimal RX enlisted Phil to produce our liquid herbs. So thank you very much for joining us, Phil. Many thanks, Kristen and Julianne and the rest of the Optimal team. (laughs) Well, in this podcast, Phil, we really wanted to take advantage of your expertise in the area of manufacturing glissy tracks specifically. So can you take some time now to give our listeners some background about yourself and about working with Optimal RX, and also talk about why we decided to make Glissy Tracks and how they're made, as well as touching on quality considerations and what the practitioner can expect from using the Glissy Tracks. The collaboration between my company, Phytomed here in New Zealand, and Optimal RX began right at the outset when Jill O'Warn and Barry founded optimal in 2008 and their intention i think was to provide a diverse and relevant and wide range of herbal extracts for practitioners in australia and like jill um, i'm also a pharmacist jill and i both share at least 25 30 years experience in, in pharmacy practice Um, and I'm not a naturopath, but I am a medical herbalist of 27 years, as as Kristen said. And we've each had a lot of experience in the herbal medicine industry, and including manufacturing. Um, So, yeah, my background is more, I guess, in pharmacology. I did my master's um, in pharmacology. I'm quite interested in how things do things, how herbs work, uh, their their actions and uses and adverse events, etc., But even from day one as a pharmacy student, I became quite interested in pharmacognosy, which is the the science of drugs, basically. And none of us usually call them drugs these days, but there's a lot involved in producing an efficacious herbal extract. It's not just, uh, you know, chuck some herb in a bottle and macerate it and make a tincture. 
there are a whole lot of considerations required right from seat to shelf to ensure you have an optimal product. And I guess the other key element is that, you know, we, we, we do need to offer more than one dosage form to most of our patients. Not one dose or dosage form or type of product is suitable for every patient. And that's a key reason for the background in terms of why Optimal decided to develop these glycotracks. Our key objective, like Optimal, is to produce not just optimal quality herbal extracts for practitioners, but to regularly introduce new ones that have particular attributes that are relevant to the world we live in today. And as we're all seeing acutely in recent months, there are emerging illnesses that modern drug-based medicine doesn't have all the answers for. Phytomedicine can help an enormous amount. And there are, there's new information, new data uh, coming out on various herbs all the time. And we try to capture that in our NPD um, projects. So herbs such as burr marigold, cordyceps, coptis, giant bladder kelp, Paltunia, Zaitis, Manaka, Horopito, there are many. And, and these have uh, unique and, and evidence-based pharmacological actions that make them highly relevant to the modern practitioner's dispensary. So what we're seeing in clinical practice today is very different to what we were seeing 10 years ago. The world has moved on a lot and we need to remain relevant. In terms of Glycetrax, why Glycetrax? So, as I said, it is important to have a range of different dosage forms of any medicine um, because there are many different needs and preferences that patients have and there's simply no one dosage form fits all. Being able to offer more than one type of uh, dosage form of a herbal medicine is hugely important in terms of ensuring patient compliance. And that is so important with herbal medicine. Dose and compliance, those two basic parameters that every pharmacist knows inside out, apply equally to phytomedicine. And individually, our patients can be very selective. They might have physical conditions or alcohol intolerances or be in a, a clinical situation in which we just can't get a hydroethanolic extract orally into them. And being able to, to uh, consider other means of administration is really, really important to ensure efficacious herbal medicine. So herbal extracts that are made using glycerin, otherwise known as glycetrax, as opposed to water or ethanol as the solvent, um, they do have several advantages and disadvantages, as with all medicine dose forms. And that depends to a large degree on the herb concerned and the particular patient and clinical situation. Glycerin itself is a, an alcohol, actually. It's a trihydroxy sugar alcohol, and it's a clear and relatively viscous liquid and very sweet, as most of us know. It occurs naturally within the body and acts as an intermediate in carbohydrate and lipid metabolism. When you use glycerin in levels greater than 70% in your finished product, you will get a, a pretty good stability profile. Uh, that's because glycerin does act as a good carrier, particularly for those water-soluble constituents and tannins. And so, you know, things are pretty stable over time although the shelf lives tend to be somewhat less than they are for hydrophenolics. We, for instance, assign a three-year shelf life to our glycetracts. The sweetness of glycerin, though, the, the sweet taste, alongside the fact that it doesn't actually get blood sugar levels up, is a big advantage over many hydrophenolic liquid extracts. Particularly in some patients, such as infants and children, but also 
people who are alcohol intolerant, recovering alcoholics, or people who, for instance, might be really sensitive to ethanol or alcohol, or because of their occupation, have a zero tolerance situation in place. We don't want airline pilots slugging back 20 mils of echinacea with 70% ethanol in it just before they take off and, and fly us over the ditch, for instance. So there, there are advantages um, in being able to offer our medicines to such people. How we make our glycotrax, most, most of them are made firstly through extracting the, the herb in the usual ethanol and water, and then evaporating that off and reconstituting the volume with glycerin. So that, that glycerin is uh, not palm oil derived, it is um, a non-palm oil derived glycerin that we use. It comes from uh, various, various plant sources, but yeah, I'll talk about that a bit later. How we make a few of them though is a little bit different. We do use half a dozen different powdered concentrates of herbs, things such as ginger, coptis, lion's mane, rhodiola, astragalus, white peony, and pomegranate hull. Those are the only ones. And that's because our product development team found that the raw material quality consistency and the manufacturing procedure and finished product quality parameters involved made that method better suited for those specific herbs. Authentication and approval of the raw material we use to make hydroethanolics and therefore pretty well all glycotrax though, involves all the usual things that Optimal pursue, Optimal and Phytomed, which is uh, botanical examination, foreign matter quantification, you're not allowed more than 2% foreign matter in pretty well all raw material batches, we test for heavy metals and pesticides and phytochemistry. Uh, for the few glycotrax that we do, as I said earlier, make using a concentrate, we rely more on chromatography in terms of authenticating that raw material to make sure there's no adulterants present and that we have adequate levels of key phytochemicals. And then of course, heavy metal and pesticide testing on all batches prior to being released. So as I said, the glycerin we use is always a plant origin. It's never from animals. It does vary from batch to batch or season to season, the sourcing of that, but it usually comes from soybean, rapeseed or coconut. And as I said, we don't use palm oil derived glycerin because of the ethical and sustainability issues around that. So none of the herbs or the herbal extracts that we use to manufacture the glycotrax contain any animal products. But yeah, as with all incoming raw materials, glycerin itself is subject to quarantine and extensive testing before it's released to be used in the manufacturing process. We test our glycerin like most of our raw materials according to the European Pharmacopeia monograph, which involves multiple tests such as refractive index, sugars, heavy metals, esters, aldehydes, and various other impurities. Some other quality considerations around glycotrax that I, I just wanted to, to mention. I mean, basically, it, it is a little bit concerning, I think, the quality of raw materials that you see out there, even today in, in 2020. And something that I learned early on when I was a herbal student in the UK and began growing herbs at what started as one and became four different allotments in Bristol, was that the marshmallow that I grew was a whole lot better than the marshmallow that we were using in, in the clinic, the student clinic at the time. That was my first lesson in the importance of raw material quality. 
because as we know, marshmallow is a, a mucilaginous herb. It's rich in polysaccharide hydrocolloids. We use it as an expectorant and as a demulcent, particularly during upper respiratory tract infections, coughs, etc. And it's really important you get good stuff, not tired, limp and zestless uh, roots that might have been sitting in a broker's warehouse for five years before you sourced it. But unfortunately, there is sometimes a bit of misinformation that still is perpetrated in our industry, in our profession, because personally, I, I don't hold the belief that marshmallow is better as a glycer tract. I challenge it. And um, I think my, my experience and observation over more than 25 years is that as long as you're using good quality marshmallow root, it works equally well in a hydroethanolic to a glycotract. I mean, you can use it in a glycotract if you wish, but I just make the observation that because glycerine itself is demulcent and sweet and mucilaginous, it's easier to hide a poor quality raw material marshmallow in a glycotract form than it is in a hydrophenolic. In a hydrophenolic, it's naked, exposed, you can really taste those um, organoleptic parameters, the smell, the taste, and, and the marshmallow essence that you should get. So that's, that's really important stuff in my view. So yeah, that's just a little, little snippet. But yeah, what you should expect from um, using Glycetrax? Well, all optimal Glycetrax are of course sweeter than their hydrothermal counterpart. They have a higher viscosity, because as we know, glycerine is quite mucilaginous. Um, and therefore, take a little bit longer to dispense them if you want to make sure you dispense the appropriate dose. Particularly if you're in a Melbourne winter where it might be two degrees, you need to be very, very patient. And just as you get with some hydrophenolic liquid extracts, there will be a bit of precipitation over time for some herbal extracts, particularly those with more lipophilic as opposed to hydrophilic constituents. And therefore, shaking before use as best you can is, is good dispensing practice. But other than that, and, and of course the shorter shelf lives, we think we've selected an appropriate manufacturing method that's suited for each particular herb to ensure that each product, each glycerin extract is as close as possible to the raw herb as it occurs in nature. And therefore we think you should get a, a reasonably full spectrum of the diverse range of phytochemicals that of course we have in every plant. And you should taste them, you should smell them just as you, you do with those sensory profiles with the hydrophenolics. Um, but yeah, they're less bitter, they're more sweet, and therefore they're more suited to a lot of people. So, and that's good clinical practice, isn't it? Um, just to end up, because good clinical practice is about providing, first and foremost, good treatments. And no one treatment suits all, and we need to have a range of, of things on offer in order to ensure compliance and patient outcomes that we want. And that's why the optimal teams are continuing to introduce these glycotracts into the optimal product portfolio. Optimal quality, optimal education, and optimal innovation. Thank you. Very well said, Phil. I think that, uh, you know, that, that quality aspect is a, is a huge component in the confidence that, that people can have using the glycotracts and the, the way that you explained earlier about the fact that our glycotracts aren't uh, extracted in glycerin, but they're reconstituted into glycerin after they've been extracted via a hydroethanolic extract or whether it's a powder concentrate or however 
the, that particular herbal medicine is made, that extra step that we've gone to ensure that there's this great constituent profile that's so close to nature. And we've started with this amazing raw material. And even the fact that we've chosen, you know, a powdered extract or a hydroethanolic extract, depending on the quality that we could get for those herbs, you know, I think that just really instills a lot of confidence into myself as a practitioner. Yep. Yeah, I mean, glycerin itself is is not a really good extraction medium. It is really viscous, and and that's why water and ethanol are preferable as the initial solvent. That's really important. If you just macerate herbs and glycerin, you don't get a lot out. And yeah. the proof of the pie is in the eating, and you know you, you can tell the end result is not as good, let alone the phytochemistry testing. And I think we've already had some great feedback from practitioners around the quality of the glycotrax and getting some great results and just being able to expand their patient database in a way, you know, with, in terms of being able to give them herbal medicine. And for me as a practitioner, that's been the most exciting part. And so I'm, I'm grateful that we have brought this out with Phytomed um, and such a full range too. But we do get questions that pop up quite a bit, Phil, <laughs> with regards. So we might, we might delve in just one or two with your expertise, sure. if that's okay. Yep. One of the ones that we've had recently is around the use of glycotrax in candida overgrowth in those sorts of situations. So we obviously have horopedo as a glycotract, which is awesome, amazing. So on my thinking, it's kind of a benefit risk kind of ratio in a lot of those patient groups that we're seeing. But do you have any feels or thoughts around the use of a glycotract in candida overgrowth? I think... We should all remember that, you know, there's no increase in blood sugar levels when you take glycerin. And, and also, in terms of candida overgrowth, I guess it depends on whether you're talking systemic administration, oral administration, or local. That's but true. an advantage of, of a uh, topical application of a glycotract, for instance, be it oral or vaginal, would be the lower likelihood of irritancy from the ethanol. Because glycerin, glycerin is usually quite gentle on mucous membranes. That's why it's used in a lot of topical skin products. And in terms of it being a, a carrier for the, the actives in, in Horopito or Calendula or whatever, there may not be quite as many of, of the specific phytochemicals that we think are contributory to, to antifungal properties when it's in a, a glycerin extract as opposed to a hydroethanolic. But you know, it's, it's a risk versus benefit judgment that like every medicine that we prescribe, we have to appraise that um, specific to the patient. And I'm not aware of any contraindication or negative effect on, on candida overgrowth that, that glycerin itself as a carrier and as a vehicle would, would uh, lead to. Yeah, that, that's my understanding as well, Phil. So it's nice to have that clarified. And I think with every patient, no matter whether we're treating with uh, glycotract or hydroethanolic, we're weighing up those risks versus those health benefits, aren't we? And we get a lot of questions around that, even when we're using antimicrobials within the gut, you know, that, that we have to think of, well, what's the benefit of using that versus not using that for that particular patient? And I guess the same goes with the glycotract in this situation as well. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Getting enough in the patient within the appropriate period of time is really, really pivotal, isn't it? Yeah. Like you look at versus someone who is not going to take a hydroethanolic or cannot versus yep. someone that we can give a glycotract to. You know, my answer's right there. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, to remember that, you know, the amount of glycerin in a daily dose of a, of a glycotract herbal medicine isn't probably 
that much really when you when you think about it so you know that exactly what you both you both said about the risk benefit ratio of looking at the the antifungal and the immunomodulatory benefits of these herbal medicines uh would outweigh any theoretical negative effects so yeah that's a really good point yeah, I mean, glycerin is calorific, you know, it doesn't get the blood sugar levels up, but it does contain calories. So there's a slight negative there, but, but so is ethanol. And um, you know, it is what it is there, really. Yeah. Is it about four calories per gram? Yeah, it's, it's relatively high. But yeah, I mean, you're not going to be taking 100 mils of glycerin extract a day. Um, <laughs> You'd be on the toilet if you did. Yeah. You would indeed. <laughs> I was just going to say, that, yeah. that's, that's a well-known <laughs> adverse effect of having too much. You know, you titrate it up that much and you, you suffer the consequences. <laughs> uh, one other thing um, that came up a while ago, and I think we've spoken about it before, Phil, but I, I can't quite remember. It was about whether glissy tracks are FODMAP friendly, so fermentable, fermentable oligo, dye, monosaccharide and polyol friendly, because glycerol is a sugar alcohol. So my understanding was when I looked into it, there was no sort of definitive re research on this, but I know that certain sources like uh, Monash Uni, when I was looking into it, sort of said that glycerin and glycerol is, is not one of the FODMAPs because it's actually well absorbed in the small intestine because it's quite small. So it doesn't pass into the large intestine where it's, where it would be fermented by intestinal bacteria. Whereas yep. other polyols are poorly absorbed in the small intestine because they're too large for yep. simple diffusion. So is that your understanding of that? Yeah, I'm not aware of any compelling evidence that, you know, it is contraindicated in that situation or, or can trigger, you know, issues in terms of uh, gut permeability, for instance. No. Well, that's good to know too. Yeah. So then your FODMAP sensitive patients with glissy tracks should be okay if the glissy tracks are indicated. Yep, yep. Well, I think they're probably, you know, two of the questions that sort of came up. You've kind of covered everything else very well, Phil. So thank you for going into all of that for us. And, you know, it's nice for us to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, <laughs> from the person who's actually making the extracts for us and, and putting all of that effort and all of that research and, and, and trial and error. Yeah, trial and error into getting us these amazing quality, delicious yeah. extracts. Yeah. So. Yeah, Thank it you has much. been a bit of trial and error because, you know, there are a lot of challenges with making a good quality glycerin tract. Mm. You know, some herbs even more than for a hydroethanolic. But, yeah, we're, we're doing our best. And, and it's just really, really good to be able to have another dosage form to offer our patients. It really, you know, will help uh, practitioners in Australia and New Zealand to, to be able to be more clinically efficacious. And that's what it's all about, really. Absolutely. Very well said. And as you've always said, Phil, and, and from the day dot with Optimal, it's that quality raw herb that you guys start with, that no matter what we're, we're supplying, whether it's a glycotract or, you know, a hydroethanolic, the efficacious treatment behind them is, is outstanding in clinical practice. And I know that that happens in our clinical practice in Kristen's and, and those practitioners that we talk to on a regular basis. And the addition of glycotracts has been exciting. So we do thank you for that. Yeah. No, thank you very much, you guys, as well. It's, it's uh, really good to be able to do this for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. 
So thank you, Phil. I think I'll say goodbye from all of the team. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll be talking to you very soon. Cool. Thanks, Thanks very much to everyone in the Optimal team. Okay. See you, Phil. All the best. See ya. Bye. Bye.